welcome to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing. Very often those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show. In the case of this episode, it's a rejoinder episode, so it's a writer who themselves has previously been on the show. Mike Klein is his name. He is a writer, Third World Magics. The topic of this episode is his fifth book. Mike has been on multiple times, and it's a delight every time. If this is your first time listening to an interview with Mike, go back and listen to all the old ones. They are all worth your time. Instead of asking you for money this episode, I want to invite you to the first annual Writing the Rapids birthday party marathon stream on Twitch. Starting 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday February 25th. I will be doing a marathon stream on twitch.tv slash noisemakerjoe. I'll be posting links all over my Twitter, probably on my Patreon as well. Both of those are noisemakerjoe, and it shall be fun. I think we're going to try to raise some money for some people who need some money. We're going to be doing a live Writing the Rapids episode. We'll have guests from old Writing the Rapids episodes on. You can ask me anything in the chat room so we can do something like that, or we can just hang out and talk about writing. Maybe play some video games, and we'll go until it makes no more sense to go, and then we'll all have a nice weekend. So I hope you can make it to that. That's February 25th at 5 p.m. at twitch.tv slash noisemakerjoe. Now, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Mike. the way back to our first conversation we talked briefly at some point about your desire to put in a book uh instructions to stop reading for a period of time and by god you did it with this one and i very much enjoyed it i liked what it did for me as the reader um uh how i don't know how has that been how how has your your view on that changed since 2018 on the instructions now that you've done it and uh what's the response been like great question um yeah i'm glad that you brought up that we talked about this back in the day because whenever i say i want to do something i keep that in mind and i don't want to just throw it at a project because i said i want to do it i have to wait for the project the right project to come along and Third World Magics felt like the right project in a sense that whenever I'm writing something, I want to try to do something different, um, something I've never done previously. And like you said, I've mentioned to you that I wanted to give readers the instruction. In this book, for those who are not aware, the instruction, once you get to the middle of the book, is please wait two weeks before continuing or before reading further. Um, has my view changed? No, absolutely not. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to engage with the reader in a sense that didn't necessarily break the fourth wall, even though I guess this does, but I didn't want it to be a break in the fourth wall that informs what you just read. I didn't want it to say, oh, this was all a dream or, oh, no, this character isn't actually who you think it is. I thought I wanted it to be a different type of dialogue in the sense that I'm just telling you this is the timing I want for this book because two weeks, I think, is, a, is enough time that they say it takes 10 days to form a habit. So I thought 14 days is enough that you're going to forget what you just read. So when you start reading the second part of the book, you're going to try to remember what you just read. And in a way, it creates this sort of magical reading style that I wanted to happen with this text. How has the engagement been so far? Well, uh, Feral Dove Press posted a Twitter picture about it, um, um, which incidentally was the 
I think it was January 31st. And since it says wait two weeks, they said Valentine's Day with Mike Klein. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're going to read the second part on Valentine's Day. Um, that's actually the only engagement I've had with it so far because unfortunately, oh, right. um, there's been yeah, there's been a shortage of paper or something to do with paper. Um, the book was slated to come out on January 1st. Very few people have actually gotten the book. That are there, There's a lot of people still waiting, which I, I apologize still. Um, I'm still working with Inside the Castle. It's nothing we did. It's literally a shortage of paper, and there's a wait list, and we are on a wait list, and we have to go as we, uh, on a, you know, as once it gets to our point, we can get the book. Um, but uh, I am curious to see what the engagement is going to be like, because I don't know if there are very many books that do that. Um, and I'm also curious to hear if people decide to talk about it, what it has done for the reading, and also how many people actually follow the instructions. Because mm. I, I, I did do it for a reason. Um, again, two reasons. I told you I was going to do it, and I finally was able to follow through because I, I like to follow through on things the same way I do even way back in 2018. And also, with this particular project, without getting the specifics of the story, I felt that this was a necessary thing to do because it's two stories mm-hmm. that happen in one book that seem like they're not uh, linked or working together, but they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. And I felt that if you went from one to the other, it would be very jarring. So there needed to be this, there, there had to be this nice little break where it seemed like a more um, uh, an easier transition to the second part, and that's what that's the primary reason I did that because I felt that I needed two weeks to read the second part after I was done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hard to not <laughs> just blow past it. Right, I got to it and I was like, Ah, Mike finally did it, great. And then I like turned the next page and I was like, mm, No. <laughs> <laughs> no i no i'll stop um well and, and part of it is also I, I i do want some people to just ignore my my commentary you know just like they wanted to read the whole because you can read this all in one night obviously right, that's yeah. how all my books are and i want people to do that as well you know it's it's an instruction but i am also i firmly believe in the fact that whenever you're told to do something regardless of where or who it comes from it's your decision you you can listen or you don't listen um but i can guarantee that those who listen will have a different experience from those who don't listen. And that's also something I'm very much into. So it's a win-win on my side. Right. And I'm glad you listened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, it wasn't exactly two weeks. Um, I think it was a week and a half. Um, okay. But I I'd found that it, for whatever reason, I don't know if that specifically caused me to read the second half slower uh, but I did. I, I broke it up into a couple reading sessions, um, which was interesting because then it was a completely different reading experience for me um, each half. The first half was, I got it, I hit the spot, I waited, and then I kind of took more time with it. Right. Um, which I don't necessarily know if that did more than just uh, become the impetus for a fun anecdote. Um, I, I am at this point acquainted with your work enough that I know, uh, what to expect to an extent. And then, um, I'm like comfortable with the things about your writing, um, that I struggle with and the things about your writing that I enjoy and um the things that i look for and all that stuff Um, because i mean geez man how many of your books have i read all of them except your first one i think Mm. um 
so however many books that is i don't i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing and um you know so there's that's it's more than really any other single writer in my adult life i think i can safely say mm. M- maybe cormac mccarthy comes close okay maybe but for the most part um maybe blake butler uh okay hit an x on the bingo card um <laughs> yeah, yes. but uh um so you know like i'm i'm very much acquainted with your writing and so like um when you do try new things i i say uh-huh he's trying a new thing mm-hmm. um i'm i am curious though you put the um is it an ampersand? Is that what it's called? The and yes. symbol? You, yes. Have you done that before? Or is this book the first time that you've put it in um, for the sound and in words? See, the thing is, yeah, that's a great question. No, I've never done it in all any of my books that have been published that you can actually hold in your hand. I've never mm. done that. But um, Burning Oceans that came out with Surfaces.cx, I, I don't no i see i can't even remember now it came out last year it came out in 2020 i think mm-hmm. um yeah, i think i flirted with the idea of doing it back then but i didn't want to so there's a chance that there are moments in um burning oceans where i did it i know i used the ampersand but i think i used it just as like an and um mm. i don't think i actually use it yeah because you're talking about like when i say the word hand someone's hand instead of spelling it h-a-n-d i spell it h ampersand because mm-hmm. it's hand um yeah that is something that I definitely do in this new book. And that was a, um, that, that, that is part of the whole, I'm trying something new formulation that I was doing. And I spent a long time with that because as you can imagine, there's a lot of words that I played with some of them. So for example, this is something that no one will know unless I mention it because it's on, it's a deleted scene in a way, <laughs> the word fire, um, instead of spelling it F I R E, I was spelling it F Y R E. Mm. And I didn't like that because once the fire festival scandal was happening, I said, I don't want to be affiliated with that. And I don't want people thinking about that when they're reading my stuff. Um, and also one of my friends, Johnny, who actually reads and proofs all my stuff said the same thing. Mm. And he says, this is cute, but not cute enough to be in the work. I said, yeah, you're <laughs> right. So we removed it. So fire is spelled correctly. Now I will say, I think that I have misspelled or not misspelled. That's not the right term. I think I have spelled fire in the interesting way as F-Y-R-E and other works. And I think that um, Burning Oceans might have fire spell that way. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, but I think moving forward, I'm not, I'm just going to spell fire the right way. But yes, as far as I know, um, Third World Magics is the first time that I've used the ampersand to um, distinguish a sound and how something should be said. Yeah, I just looked through Burning Oceans. That was the sound that came through from my computer. I was control effing it. <laughs> Um, it's in there twice. It's in there twice. One in like the link of sources that okay, you have, yes, and then yeah. once as um, its intended use. Okay, so um, yeah, so so I, I was going to do. I think an early draft had it, but the final draft does not have it. Okay. So it's been an interesting experience reading all your work, um, and kind of watching. Um, I'm going to say it. I'm going to use the word degrade uh, neutrally or if anything, positively to watch from, um, Arafat mountain and you have like longer paragraphs and it's a a book shaped book. And, um, you know, from there to here, kind of watching you strip the fat so much 
that 10 books down the line, you're only going to be able to read if you've watched the progression of how you use language change. And I don't know. I don't read enough E.E. Cummings to know if that's like an E.E. Cummings thing. Um, But I like it. You know, I, 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 it feels earned, you know, I don't want to gatekeep people doing creative misspellings. Um, but it's been interesting to watch over, over time, um, that happen, you know, the minimalization of everything, right. From plot to, I mean, the only thing that stays maximalist is just the sheer number of people and objects in your work, especially this one. Um, it is just, it is chock full, uh, pages and pages and pages of, of musical artists and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, the, you mentioning Arafat Mountain is, you know, a book that was book sized. Yeah. Um, my very first book, Mastodon Farm, nothing is misspelled. Everything is spelled as it should be. And it reads like a regular book. Um, and then Arafat Mountain, I actually had, that was the first time that I went to, I read Arafat Mountain in front of a poetry crowd. Everybody in the crowd, they were all poets. And they were all either getting masters or MFAs or whatever in poetry. And I had never interacted with a crowd like that. And I, I, I thought they weren't going to like it or understand it. But oddly enough, with Arafat Mountain, the way it's written and the way it talks about what it talks about, they were very receptive to that. And they had, and when I was done, it was actually some of the most engagement I've ever gotten after a reading where everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people came up afterward and asked me, have I ever considered writing poetry? And I said, no, because I don't understand it. And a lot of them said that Arafat Mountain to them seemed like poetry. Uh, it may not look like it on the page, but when I was reading out loud, they thought it was written as poetry. And when they saw it written as prose, they were, were very confused. <laughs> and it's something I never considered. So then I talked to a lot of them and they basically, to me at least, it boiled down to you can do whatever you want when it comes to poetry, which I had never been told by people who consider themselves poets. And I said, you know what? let me try this for the next couple of years and see what happens. So that kind of informs this distillation or degradation that you're talking about, or I guess I could call it even a mutation where I realized I know how I want to write things, but what if I try something different in terms of how it looks and even how it sounds. And I think that every single book I've released since Arafat Mountain has been pushing further into that territory, as you said, and you're right. Yeah. For someone who hasn't read all my stuff, that's not something you're immediately aware of. There's no, none of that context there is there. And that's why I think I've reached a point now, especially with third world magics, where I have to ask myself, do I keep doing that as you call degradation or do I sort of leave it now as this is the, this is the tip. This is the top. This is the le- This is the most fat trimming I want to do. And this is my new prose style. Um, and the answer to that is I don't know, because um, as I've told you a million times, Every time I get go into a project, I have an idea of what I want to do. But then as I'm working into it, I always want to do something different. And whatever that different or new thing is doesn't always jump out to me. But as I look at it, I ask myself, what, what about this could make it stand out or be different while still retaining the elements that I want to keep in it? Um, so, yeah, that's a question I have to ask myself. And it's, it's fun that you ask that um, in terms of the degradation because I am aware of that. And I can see how that can be off-putting for people because it kind of – forces you to read things differently because when you see the word h ampersand you're like what the hell is that <laughs> oh he's trying to say hand because i started doing it over and over and in the first part of uh for uh, third world magics it's all written quasi normally mm-hmm. but then once you get to the middle part where it says wait two weeks to read once it gets to the second part that's where the, the 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 dialogue changes the way i write is different 
Um, and also, as you said, that's where a bunch of characters happen. The first section is easier to read because it's about um, one main character experiencing things. And it kind of, it's, it's, and it's, it's over the, I think it's over the course of 48 hours. So mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to follow. Whereas the second portion is over several months. It involves several characters and it involves an island. And each of these characters do several different things. Um, and there's a, I guess there's a sort of central character who keeps appearing and disappearing from the island. So it kind of just has a different flow. And then if you do follow the instructions of waiting for two weeks, it also kind of interrupts that fast flow that you had from the first section. And that's what I kind of wanted to disrupt. Mm. The, uh, the second part, I, I, I'm trying to rack my brain to see if I've brought, brought up this before. Um, but I know that you like procedural generation type games and the character names felt procedurally generated to me. Um, like, I can't think of any right now, but like <laughs> a first name and a last name will be like just ethnically different, right? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is Italian and this is French sort of, or like, I think one of the, one of the bigger jumps was like an Italian type first name and a Japanese type last name, which yeah. isn't illegal or anything, but <laughs> you know, it's raises an eyebrow you're, you're gonna have a harder time finding that in the real world and then you have so many people um that you know just just that kind of gives me a different feel right uh, um and you brought up when we were talking about the karaoke book um that you have uh nick land quote at the beginning yes. of it um, so obviously like accelerationism has sort of been on your mind, especially you can watch it from burning oceans on. Um, yes. And then, so like you, you mix that with the, the minimalizing of, of the text itself. And you're like, Mike is pointing in a direction here. <laughs> um, and I guess even for whatever reason, um, I felt like the name of of the book third world magics um felt almost political or charged because i don't know we don't anthropologists don't use the term third world anymore it's in it's pre-industrial or industrializing or right. agrarian right so right, like right. um and magics with a case uh, that's like an occult thing but mm -hmm. um i don't know um I'm just sensing a theme beyond and the two halves of the book, right? The first half is um, kind of has a cyberpunk type element with one of the characters, um, but it's very much sort of grounded. And I imagined um, venues that I have gone to and green rooms that I have been in, right? Like, um, whereas the second half is very much a, amorphous space sort of thing mm -hmm. yeah there's, there's no question there yeah <laughs> yeah no 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 but I, I i definitely see what you're saying yeah i i, I usually i don't like uh revealing what my titles mean but you're very right you're everything you said is exactly um what was going through my mind the 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 the, the usage of third world what that means i mean i could go further and say um 
whenever you say world music as a category, what mm-hmm. does that mean? And I know that there was an issue. I don't follow the Grammys, but I know there was an issue with that category a couple of years ago, or even just a year. I don't know how long ago, how they got rid of that because world music was considered not a good term to use because does that mean, you know, Westerners in the United States get their own categories, you know, rap, hip hop, classical country. But then if you're, if you don't live in the United States, you're world music. Although world music to me, as far as, culture has thrown it at me always makes me think of like African music, you know, or Mm. ethnic music in terms of like South America, uh, indigenous people, you know, uh, pipes and guitar instruments that you've, or stringed instruments you've never heard of that type of stuff. Um, I actually got very interested in this while I was writing this because there's a book that I actually have called, I think world music. And on the cover, it's got some, you know, it's, it's an, it's in an African country. They don't say which one. And it's just a bunch of people dancing and they're playing the jambas and drums and it's like world music. And it's like, okay. Um, and it's like, it's like an academic book. It's like 400 pages long and it costs more than it should. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, third world magics. Um, when I have that title, I kind of want to just put something in people's minds, like some sort of expectation, where in the sense that when you read that, you don't really know what to expect, but there's still something that you feel like you should be expecting, right? And also, as you said, the way magic is spelled. I mean, nobody says magic, even plural, or even with the K these days, because it is a cult. Um, and you start wondering, where's the third world in this book and where's the magics? So there is a character who is a black magician, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that ties into the black magic portion of it. Um, or even the magic part of the title. And then third world, where's the third world appear? Is the island in the second part supposed to be a third world? But to your point, the first portion of the book is about concerts and music writing in the Western world. And this character, the main character who feels dissatisfied with this um, privileged uh, status they have, right? And I feel like it's just a thing that happens when you have all this excess, you eventually get to a point where you ask yourself, is this really what I want? Is this why I'm happy? Does this make me happy? And it's all relative. So then this character goes through all this, the character experiences certain things and, 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 and goes through phases. Um, and then boom, there's a cut black screen goes to the next phase where instead of one character or, or a few characters, it's several characters on the island yeah, that's, that's not lot. named. Yeah. You don't know who, who, what's going on, where this island is. There's this character called the black magician who appears and disappears. Um, never actually casts any magic, but it's implied. Um, and then all these characters who, like you said, have different names where they may have a um, first name that sounds Japanese, but then a second name that sounds Italian. That kind of throws things off. But then also each character is described by their profession on the island. And these professions are not necessarily professions that exist in real life, but by virtue of how they're defined, you understand what this person is doing on the island. So it kind of creates this disconnect. And I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to affect the way someone's going to read it. But yeah, there's a thing that goes on with names and we're looked at in, in, in society as what our job titles are. Like when people ask you, you if you meet someone new, most times out of not, you're, they're going to ask you, what do you do? What's your what's your profession? And that's something that I was harping on in the second part of the book. All these people that have these professions that mean nothing, but they mean something. Um, and uh, yeah, that's why there's that divide where it's two very different parts of the book that actually all are talking about the same thing. And I'm hoping that it resonates with people. And I do want people to try to have a discussion about it to see what it means. Because if I say what I was trying to say, I, I, I feel like it's just going to dissolve everything else that people mm. have as, as ideas. And as with all my work, I don't want to say what I wanted to try to do because I feel – and you're right. I feel like out of all my work, this is the one where it feels like I'm trying to say something very concretely without saying it, and that is correct. But I'm also not just going to come out and say what I'm trying to say. Maybe right. five years down the road. It's, 
it, it just came out last month. I can't reveal it right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not enough people have had a chance to read it even. No. Um, yeah, it, it was very, um, and then the fact that it was an inside the castle book, it was like, uh, there was a lot about this book that subverted my expectations beyond just using an ampersand, right? Like I expected it to, to be formatted a little bit more wild, uh, mm-hmm. than it was. And it, it wasn't, it's, it's mm-hmm. there, there's art to it, I guess there's, there's yes. object orientation to it. Um, but you know, it's not ungula or anything like right. that. It's, it's not, um, it's not even lonely men club, right. Or you would no. have to tear the book open to get to all the words. Um, yeah. yeah. So th- there is a lot about this book that excites me that, that makes me excited thinking about it. Um, the fact that the first half is quite lucid compared to, um, karaoke night compared to burn oceans. Um, and the pause and, um, I really enjoy the, um, which I think is referenced in the book, the sort of dissolving, um, between the sections with, um, punctuation just kind of floating around the page. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just want to think about how much I enjoy this book. It's, I, <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I I don't make it clear enough um in in my episodes that I enjoy the books I'm talking about um but for this one for some reason I'm too distracted by it uh the the fact that I enjoy it um well so yeah well I I appreciate you saying that thank you and the the reference you make to inside the castle is an interesting one because I thought the same thing um I generally get the sense that um. I see Inside the Castle as a curator, um, and, and, and we've talked about this in the past, where when Inside the Castle releases something, I have a certain expectation where visually it's going to look different. There's going to be something about it different that 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 that's not going to look like any other books because these books probably wouldn't have been able to be released on a different press, and that's part of the appeal of Inside the Castle. So I, I thought, you know, just visually or just the way it looks on the page is not interesting enough for Inside the Castle because it does seem more con- – it's not conventional at all, but it does, it does seem more conventional when compared to other things on the Inside the Castle roster. Um, but then I decided that there's enough going on intertextually that it's enough that it's going to be, um, I don't want to say weird enough, but it's going to be enough that it, that it lines up with the rest of inside the castle. Um, so I was very, yeah, I was very surprised. I mean, cause I go through the same process as anybody else. I, when I think I, I like something that I want to submit to a press, I submit to the regular, uh, in, the regular inbox, whatever that is. And I say that this is something that I liked. And yeah, I, I had submitted in, um, you know, Lonely Men Club back in 2016 or 18. I don't remember what year it was, but I have a you know I have another book through Inside the Castle. But that, like you said, that was completely different. This has nothing to do with that. Um, this was a completely different project, and that doesn't mean that I would have gotten you know accepted by Inside the Castle. So I was very gracious when that happened. Um, and I think this is one of these books where it it seems deceptively simple in in terms of like yeah, you said the first part is very lucid, um, and then once you get to the second part, it does get a little different, a little more abstract. Um, but I, I spent a long time making sure that both parts were exactly as I wanted them. Um, and I'm very happy with how it ended up because it is exactly how I wanted it to. And I just wasn't sure how to do it initially, but eventually I got to that point. Um, so yeah, everything you've mentioned about it, even the part where you say it sort of falls apart. Yeah. It just, it switches from words to just a bunch of 
um, colons and commas and dots and periods. And it kind of just represents how the character is feeling at that point. Um, so yeah, when you said that you really enjoy this, I, I appreciate that because I was a little, uh, scared that people would go, what the hell is this? I don't want to read something like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I think, I feel like burning oceans is probably the most difficult, uh, of your works. Um, and I, I it doesn't give away too much. Di difficult it, is kind of, I don't know, most atmospheric, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like um, the book you did with Dan um, has this has a very similar feeling to Burn in Oceans, um, but is more uh, tangible. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I don't want anybody to think that I'm associating Dan with that because. If you know Dan's work, that's that would be a silly thing to assume, right? Like somehow both of you working together brought you each down to a level that is closer to where the rest of us live. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm glad that people are, are uh I've been seeing a lot of people talking about that book on Twitter recently, which makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, it has come up recently. Um and you know that's what I was telling you. The thing about books is that this is that that's been out since July and there wasn't very much um traction at first. I mean there were one or two reviews, but uh yeah people are starting to pick, pick it up now. I think it's just a confusing book where I mean there was a review on Goodreads and I think I mentioned this when we were doing the interview with Dan where someone said yeah, didn't finish didn't you know, can't do this this is too much i can't I, and I, I don't think they were praising it they just really didn't like it and that's completely fair but i think that um the way we approached the detective book that that we wrote it was the we want we didn't want it to feel like i was writing a portion he was writing a portion we just wanted it to be we don't know who wrote this and even like now today when we look back we don't know who wrote what because it got to that point where it was just blending where the only way to do that is we literally gave free reign to if he wants to delete a whole section he can do that and i can do the same thing and that's what we did we had we had a huge uh first draft and we were just we were just deleting things and adding different things and then it got to a point where we forgot what we, who was doing what and that was the point um but uh yeah yeah that's 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 picking up right now as well and you're right compared to burning oceans uh, it is a little burning oceans is a little more atmospheric it's also the type of work where i feel if someone goes into it not knowing what i've written before they may not know what to get out of that because yeah, it's just, again, it's a bunch of characters doing things that are kind of abstract and there's not a lot of explanation given in terms of why they're doing what they're doing or even where they are. Um, but that's part of the point. It's me exploring, further exploring, I guess, challenging myself, trying to tell something that's a little more, um, as you said, atmospheric and see if I can do it while still telling a story that I feel is compelling. Yeah. I I feel like that lives in the correct place, you know, like I feel like that, that belongs to, um, surfaces, um, in a, in a way that, uh, third world magics belongs to inside the castle. And, mm -hmm. you know, every, every once in a while you'll come across a couple of presses that curate very similarly. And so therefore you have like, geez, a loop, this dog. There's nobody out there. There can't possibly be. It's nighttime. It's like two degrees outside. <laughs> Chill out. I'm keeping this in. People need to know that my dog is so neurotic. Um, but to to that point, like, how selective 
are you when it comes to, um, you know, choosing even where to submit? Yeah. Well, I would say that I'm highly selective in the sense that I can spend years looking at a press before I even decide to submit. So if a press is brand new, I'm most likely not, I'm not going to submit to them because I, I, I don't know where they're coming from. I, I know presses have their mission statement, but that doesn't really mean much to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more interested in who are the people that they're recruiting or who are the people they're accepting. So I generally wait until there's a couple releases under the press's belt. And then I read those releases, um, especially if I'm not familiar with the author. Um, it's gotten to the point now that whenever there are new presses, the authors that submit, I already know who they are. But I'm always excited when it's someone I've never heard of. It just comes out of the blue. And, I, and especially if I read their work and it's amazing, I'm like, oh, wow, this is something I want to do. Um, but I'm selective in the sense that I want to know who the authors are. I want to talk to the editors or, or, or who's running the press. Um, but I also want to make sure that what I'm writing is going to line up with everybody else. So it, it, it's, it's two reasons. It's, it's, it's those, it's, I want to make sure that my ideologies line up with the other people on the press so that it's just a good match. But I also just want to make sure that it's a press that I feel that I'm, I don't want to use the word safe, but I'm okay aligning with because, um, I'm sure there are presses out there that, you know, if I had submitted to them at a certain point, in hindsight, I'd feel like I shouldn't have or I wouldn't have wanted to do that. So those are things that I necess- that I definitely keep track of. Um, and I think that I'm just being selective in the sense that I'm doing my due diligence, um, just so that for myself, I'm being fair um, to the rest of the body of my work, if that makes sense. You know, since I've made sure that everywhere that I release my previous stuff has been a good fit. I kind of want to keep that going. I don't want to just abandon all the hard work that I do in terms of finding a place that I want to submit something.